Welcome to the Stony Plain Alliance Church Podcast. We are a community that is about discovering fullness of life for everyone by practicing the way of Jesus together. Jesus, you are good. And uh, your spirit wants to fall on us today. You want to fill us with your joy and your presence. And I know you want to meet with us too. And uh, I thank you that even beyond technical difficulties and challenges, you're bigger than all that. And, uh, and I just, yeah, I thank you sometimes that you keep us on our toes. Um, but I pray that right now we would just be in tune with you and we'd be able to hear from you and be encouraged today. And we pray this in your name, Jesus. Amen. Well, I uh, want to start off by asking, what are the kinds of things that... Uh, maybe lead you to crying tears of joy? What kind of things? You can yell some stuff out. Kids at the back, what, what makes you really happy? Pineapple. Pineapple. <laughs> that makes me cry tears of joy too, <laughs> especially on pizza. Pokemon. <laughs> onions, onions make me cry tears of joy. I, I, I'm not sure if that's joy. Watermelon. I, I, uh, I, I'm going to confess, I have started to become more tearful as I get older. I don't know what is going on in me, but um, we have family movie night on Friday night, and I like to watch in the dark now because I don't want the kids to see me tear up. And I love these deep character moments and unexpected surprises. Um, but this weird thing's been happening. I've been finding myself crying watching YouTube videos lately uh, of a particular time. It's when... It's when a celebrity goes and meets with one of their fans. And, and it's not all of them, because some of them are just goofy, but there's some really good ones. Uh, Jimmy Fallon's pretty good at making these things happen. And he has this one where I just recently saw where he had people go, and there was a picture of Michelle Obama on the wall. And they stood before it, and they poured out their heart on how she had inspired them. And then when they finish saying all of these nice things about her, she comes around the corner, and you just see the people melt, and then she goes and hugs them, and it's just this beautiful thing. And, and I think it's what's going on in me, what kind of gets me excited and tearful about that, is there's something profound when a person takes time to honor another person with their presence. I mean, undeserved grace is so beautiful. And it cuts their, our cultural expectations, especially when a famous person takes time to be with a regular Joe, you know, when, when somebody maybe sees themselves as a nobody and they're honored. When I was a, a career consultant, I was trying to help this lady who lived in a wheelchair, or she needed a wheelchair to get around, and uh, we were trying to help her find work, and it was so frustrating, because there's all these limitations that had to be found in her workplace, and then on top of that, she took DAT buses in the city to get to work. So she could never guarantee an employer what time she would arrive at her job. And so it was hard to find an employer who could adjust to her. So I started sending out all these phone calls and these messages on LinkedIn. And I ended up sending a LinkedIn message to our former premier, Ed Stelmack, if you remember him, Steady Eddie. And uh, he sent me a message back with his personal cell phone number, and I called it, and I just got a voicemail, which I wasn't so surprised. But later that night, I'm in my basement, and the phone rings, and it's, hey, Chris, it's Ed. And it was just this kind of amazing moment. I know he's just a normal guy, but, but that the premier would call me and, and, and talk with me and try to help me find this lady work if we could together. So did you know 
that the God of the universe wants to meet with you and talk with you today. He wants to give you his complete and undivided attention. I mean, seriously think about it. We take this for granted all the time. There is nobody on the scale of amazing, important, and busy, yet totally available than God. And last week, uh, we looked at the, f- the fruit of the Spirit and the fruit of faith. And we looked at how we could be certain of who God is, uh, who is unseen, because we know exactly what he's like, because we saw him in Jesus. I don't know, maybe you've watched this uh, series, but uh, if you want a good series to cry some che- tears of joy, check out The Chosen. Uh, it's the story of Jesus' life. But as we look at his life in the Gospels, we see this, that Jesus makes it his purpose to connect with ordinary, unexpecting people all the time. This is what our God is like. And we know it's to be true, or we know it is true about God, that he's not uninvolved. He's not distant. He is the God that moves into the neighborhood. He is the God that is always with us. He loves to be with everyone, from the most famous to the ordinary to the down and out. And notice what God is like. Jesus. He becomes a person to relate to us. He connects with us. He dies on the cross for us in our place. He rises again to give us a new life to live into. And, and when he comes to, to walk a mile in our shoes, so to speak, he lives a simple life. He was born into poverty. He worked as a laborer. And then he, when he started his ministry and the miracles started happening, and it was just incredible thing after incredible thing. John says that you couldn't even fill the, the, the world would be too full of books if you wrote everything down that he did. And yet in the midst of that, he tried to keep his celebrity under wraps. He tried to become unknown because he wanted to be present and local with people. Why is he like this? Jesus' love, God's love, is displayed in gentleness. And gentleness is the fruit of the Spirit we're looking at today today. And it can be defined this way. Gentleness is strength under control. And it's actually located in a really good spot in our list of fruit of the Spirit. It's between faith and self-control because those are the two fruit when they're being formed within us that actually lead to helping us become gentle people. And uh, if you want to see what gentleness is like, I have a short video and it doesn't really need volume. So we can watch it anyways or we can try to watch it. And uh, I want you to think of this. uh, God is the backhoe operator. And gentleness is the backhoe, and we are the kids. Let's, let's check this out. Hey, we got volume. amazing instead of overwhelming us and hurting us which his power definitely has the ability to do we discover that gentleness is what makes God's greatness his power and his love accessible to us and when we look at Jesus and we look at who is drawn to him and who he was drawn to 
we see that his gentle nature is really what driv- drove that. I've often heard this expression uh, from Christians especially. Uh, it says that God got my attention over the head with a two-by-four. You may have said it yourself one time. I have for sure. But, but here's the, the reality. That's not really God. Uh, our sin and our unbelief, that'll smack you upside the head like a two-by-four. The broken systems of our world, you'll feel that if it hits you. And the enemy, the devil, I mean, he might not smack you upside the head. He'd probably hit you from behind while you're not looking. Those are the things that hit us. Jesus is gentle. He is all-powerful. Don't mistake that. He is infinitely strong, but he's perfectly controlled and gentle. And in Scripture and in my observations, I've come to this conclusion in life that Jesus always meets us where we're at. And then he transforms us and he walks with us because he wants the best for us. And so if you have your Bible or your swipey scripture app, uh, go to uh, um, Luke 7:11. And last week uh, we looked at this centurion who had great faith and sought out Jesus. This is the very next story. And Jesus continues on his journey and uh, this really captures his gentleness. Luke 7 Starting in verse 11, it says, Soon after, Jesus went to a town called Nain, and his disciples and a large crowd went along with him. As he approached the town gate, a dead person was being carried out, the only son of his mother, and she was a widow. And a large crowd from the town was with her. And when the Lord saw her, his heart went out to her. And he said, Don't cry. And then he went up, And he touched the coffin, and those carrying it stood still. And he said, young man, I say to you, get up. And the dead man sat up and began to talk. And Jesus gave him back to his mother. And they were filled with awe and praised God. A great prophet has appeared among us, they said. God has come to help his people. And the news about Jesus spread throughout Judea, And the surrounding country. It's an amazing story. Gentleness is strength under control. The strength in this story is clearly seen in the power to raise someone back to life. By the Holy Spirit, Jesus is able to wake people from the dead. And there's no doubt that Jesus lived out of the authority and the power of God. But notice the control side as we read through this story as well. Jesus approaches a town. There's a funeral procession in progress, and he's compassionately interruptible. Imagine how overwhelming this situation must have been for this poor woman. At the time and in this culture where the story takes place, funerals happened on the same day the person passed away. So the widow's not only a grieving mother, she is in absolute shock of what has just happened. And on top of all that, not only did she lose her son, her only son, but she also had already lost her her husband. And she's now in this incredibly vulnerable place. And she's followed by this large crowd, but the reality is she's completely alone. She's in need of protection. And the good news of our gospel is that God is close to the brokenhearted, and he saves those who are crushed in spirit. Nobody falls in the cracks without our God seeing. God has a soft spot in his heart for hurting, broken, and vulnerable people. And so Jesus approaches the funeral, 
And moved in his heart, he says to this woman, don't cry. And I have to use my imagination a bit, but I, as I read this, I know that he spoke with so gentle and kindness in his, in his tone. Otherwise, it would have been a cruel thing to say. I mean, this woman's tears are not her choice at this point. She's in an overwhelmingly and devastating situation. But remember, Jesus demonstrates gentleness. He's strength under control. He says, don't cry, and he approaches, it's called a, a buyer, I guess is the word for it. It's a board carried by pallbearers, and the body's laying on this board, and it's up on their shoulders. And then the second most shocking thing in the entire story happens. Jesus reaches out, and he touches the coffin board. The rabbi, the Messiah, is willfully under his own control, becoming unclean by the laws of that day. Jesus is isolating himself to join the woman in her isolation. He meets us where we're at. And remember this, the previous story with the centurion, if we were to go back and look at it, Jesus heals his servant by simply speaking the words and sending the words. He never even meets the centurion. He doesn't even go into the guy's house. And the miracle still happens. Jesus didn't have to go and touch this coffin. But in his gentleness and in the widow's grief, he would rather join her in her suffering. He'd rather be with her in that moment than worry about anything else, his status or what anyone else is thinking around him. And Jesus touches the body and he meets with the woman exactly where she is. Now the most amazing part of the story happens. As he's got his hand on this board and this body, he says, young man, I say to you, get up. And he does. And I love how the next thing it says that Jesus gives. He presents the son back to the mother. Could you imagine a better gift? The message paraphrases the reaction of the crowd so well. It says, they all realized they were in a place of holy mystery that God was at work among them. They were quietly worshipful and then noisily grateful. Can you imagine the mother's reaction when her son came back to life and began talking to her? Tears of sorrow turning to tears of joy. Can you imagine the people at the back of the crowd as they see this body sit up on the coffin? <laughs> How would you react if someone got up in a funeral and was perfectly fine? You can put that in the chat comments if you're online. I'd love to hear that. They were filled with awe and praise. They were quietly worshipful and then noisily grateful. And the last part about gentleness, and it's important to know, the fruit of gentleness is always connected to a person that's submissive to God's will. The crowd's reaction was this. God has come to help his people. They recognized this was not an ordinary occasion. This was something divine. And we know from the Gospel of John that Jesus was directed by his Father's will. He says this, Very truly, I tell you, the Son can do nothing by himself. He can do only what he sees his Father doing, because whatever the Father does, the Son also does. Gentleness is strength under control. It's being willfully active where God is already at work. And Jesus meets us where we are. He is gentle. He is good. And he will meet you in your time of need.
Jesus meets us where we're at. And the amazing thing in his gentleness is that he also invites us with him to go meet others where they are at. And uh, um, I love these moments. They're exciting moments, and uh, it's the moments that we call getting to be the hands and feet of Jesus. We know he's already there. He's the one doing the work. It's all glory to him, but he invites us to come. Come and see what I'm doing and, and do it with me. And uh, Jolene and H and their family had one of these opportunities on March 21st. So maybe you could just give us a brief uh, explanation of what happened. So I think it was your first time preaching at our church in a while. I think you were talking about generosity, radical generosity. And in the middle of that online service, um, Stacy Grout um, wrote that her husband Darren was headed off to a fire in Stony Plain. Um, he's part of the fire team there. And uh, it was at a Sonora building. And we were in a house fire years ago, and our church was also in a house fire. And you realize in a house fire that whatever you walk out with, that's what you got. And um, you might not be able to get back in. So at the end of that service, I was like, hey, uh, let's go see if they want some McDonald's. <laughs> so we, we went off to try to find the fire. So you, you went looking for a fire. And how did you feel as you're going to where the fire was? I mean, even thinking from having been in it, been through it as a church family, as a personal family, um, just the nerves, what, what do you, I don't want to put words in your mouth. We, uh, I think we were excited, like we're all in the van and we're driving around Stony Plain, <laughs> let's go find a fire. <laughs> and we didn't know what we would find, but we were excited to, s to see if we could help as a family. And we drove around a few Sonora buildings, we found out there's more than one. And then we were disappointed, because we, we couldn't find them. And as we were driving past, uh, uh, driving on Golf Course Road, Seppi Day looked out. She's like, I see it. <laughs> and so we turned around and then we found it. So we were excited at that point, but didn't have a clue what we would do. We thought we could offer lunch, but how do you know who needs lunch? And so I got out of the car and said, okay, um, I'll just go check out what, <laughs> what we can do. So I was kind of nervous and... Um, I didn't know if the firemen and the policemen that were there would be like, hey, lady, out of the way. Um, but I just walked up to people and said, hey, I'm with a local church. Me and my family are here to help. Um, who can we help? That's great. Any thoughts on uh, how this experience has changed or confirmed um, how you've connected and related to God, what he's like? I think the most exciting thing on a personal level was that this was all set up by God. So he, he put Stacy to put that in the online church. He um, put that nudge into our hearts. He, like he gifted us in the ways he wanted to serve. So the things that we did that day were all really, really small. But my six-year-old to my husband, we could all be involved in our giftedness. And honestly, it was like the most exciting afternoon of my life because we were serving in our giftedness. It sounds stupid, but it was amazing. So it was like, God, you set this up, and you prepared us, and you equipped us. And we did little things like gathering a clipboard and pen and offering water and fruit, taking McDonald's orders, um, gathering phone numbers, running messages back and forth between the different huddles of people wherever they were, helping ca people carry belongings out of the stinky apartment after 
and on behalf of our generous church paying for five nights of a hotel and buying some work clothes for someone for the next day. So they were all very small, doable things that we can all do, um, but he just set us up at the right place at the right time. That's great. H, uh, just wondering, um, do you have any encouragement or wisdom uh, you'd like to share with us as a lot of times as we're in these types of situations, we feel unsure of ourselves and what maybe we can do. Yeah, I feel like this was rather an extreme uh, example of generosity in that you're not going to go around every day looking for uh, house fires, but um, you might see like uh, friends not doing so good and uh, this person might need a little bit of encouragement and uh, even if it's just a little bit, God might be trying to get you to help out brighten that person's day at that personal time. Awesome. That's great. It's, it's amazing, too, how uh, as we get a chance to serve that it, God kind of multiplies things and his love spreads quickly. Um, I know that this went beyond what we even imagined or you imagined going there and what we heard. Uh, maybe share how this kind of impacted the body of Christ and, and the church family in Stony Plain Vigor. Well, it was so neat because through this we met a new friend, the family that was most impacted by the fire. Um, he's given us permission to, to mention his story. His name is Ricardo, and he has two children, and he lost just about everything that day. And so we got to meet him, and there was just a whole bunch of people that, and organizations that came together to help Ricardo and his family. So Pastor Linda put us in touch with Tracy at NeighborLink, and they're a part of FCSS. Just an amazing thing that I had not um, known about before. You can donate furniture there. And she coordinates and helps hurting people throughout Parkland County. And so she coordinated with St. Andrew's Thrift Store. So partnering with another denomination and they outfitted Ricardo's home with all his kitchen stuff and his linens. And then um, Tracy with NeighborLink um, coordinated the rest of his belongings uh, that he needed for his home. And then Kendall and his mighty men from SPAC that day came and um, unloaded, picked up his stuff from five different locations and delivered it at his house and brought it right in. And so we all got to meet um, and make a new friend. So it was just so neat. Like it was so many people that were willing to help and just be God's feet in hands. It's awesome. Well, thank you, Jolene and H, for sharing with us. And uh, we want to give a special thanks to Ricardo, who's joining us online as well, uh, for allowing us to join your story and be a part of it. And yeah, just uh, super exciting to hear how God's at work and how he invites us to partner with him. So thank you. I uh, forgot to bring up my communion elements. Thank you. Oh, now I'm dropping them. That's not good. Um, if you have your communion, you can get it ready. I know it always takes me a little bit of time to get that little plasticky thing on the bread. Um, Jesus in his gentleness meets you where you're at. To the untouchable lepers, he placed his hands on them. To the blind man, he took mud and he put it in his eyes and he touched where he couldn't see and he healed his sight. To the one who was deaf, he stuck his fingers in his ear ears. This is kind of a little weird, but he spit on his tongue and restored his hearing and his speech. The person who was crippled, he said, stretch out your hand. To the man hearing voices, he set him free and he restored his mind and he clothed him in dignity. 
to the rejected person, he goes for lunch. He feeds the hungry. He fills the fishermen's nets full. To the doubter, he gives proof. To the deniers, the insulters, the abusers and mockers, he offers forgiveness. And to those who are weary and heavy burden of life's hardships, he invites them. He says, take my yoke upon me, upon you. Learn from Jesus. Why? It says he is gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. Where are you at today? Jesus wants to meet you right there. So as you take the bread, eat in faith that Jesus is meeting you right where you are. The bread reminds us Jesus meets us in our need. But it also, we have the cup. And the cup reminds us we can't stay there. As we drink the cup, which represents the new covenant, we're invited into the, tra into the transforming work of Jesus to change us from the inside out. He removes our sins. He leads us to kingdom living and fullness of life so that we can walk the Jesus way. Let's drink to that. Thank you for tuning in to our podcast today. To discover more about Stony Plain Alliance Church and its ministries, visit our website at spaconline.com. Grace and peace.